follow 6 o'clock to your home recently? Cover your pet and protect your wallet. Visit petinsurance.ie. I think that's the most important thing, like just be yourself. I started work experience in 2015 and just worked my way up and now conference and operation manager. A lot of supporting me through my career and to help me to get where I am now. I feel like I can bring my own personality within the organisation. I'm Manny, I am the meetings and events operation manager at Clayton Hotel Birmingham. At the Delata Hotel Group, our difference is our employees. Bring your difference to Clayton and Muldron Hotels. Apply at careers.delatahotelgroup.com. What's your name? Just call me Mike. This Valentine's, Channing Tatum returns to cinemas for one last dance. Hell yeah. Make a date with Magic Mike. I want every woman to have whatever she wants. Without further ado, I give you Magic Mike. The boys are coming to town. Why are you in London? I'm going to put on a show at this famous theater. Magic Mike's Last Dance, in cinemas now. Wait, I know you. You were a cop, right? You're a arrestor? Let you off with a warning, right? Certificate 16. Spoil your Valentine with the award-winning Inspired by Centra Breakfast. Freshly squeezed orange juice, tasty Irish rashers and sausages, any three for six euro. Or wow them with fresh Irish Angus sirloin steaks, complete with peppercorn butter, for only seven euro. Centra, live every day. Get your fix of the biggest hits and the freshest new music first, Monday to Thursday from 7 p.m. Red Hits with the 7 at 7, a throwback track, and celebrating the best new Irish music all the way until midnight, only on Cork's Red FM. With Dino's Family Chip Shops, 50 years on the batter. Click and collect dinos.ie. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well on this Sunday evening. My name is Rory O'Hagan here with you until 7 p.m. with an hour of top sport and a busy hour coming your way between now and 7 o'clock. We have reaction from Cork's impressive win over Galway today. We'll hear from their boss, Pat Ryan, and we'll hear from Galway boss, Henry Shefflin, as well. It's an exciting week on Lee's side as Cork City prepared to return to the Premier Division. We'll be looking ahead to the new season with our Cork City legend Philip Long a little bit later on tonight. Also on the show preview of the Super Bowl. 11.30 kickoff tonight between the Eagles and the Chiefs. We will talk to Alan Masti, the head coach of the Cork Admirals, to get all the inside goss on the game. And we have the second part of Valerie Mulcahy's fascinating conversation with Snida Puspere as part of the Hear Me Roar series. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Delighted you could join us. We're here until 7. If you want to get in touch, show 868 Just going to wrap up all today's action. The Premier League currently, it is uh, Manchester City leading Aston Villa by three goals to one. 73 minutes on the clock there. Diaz, Mahrez and Rodri with the goals there for City. Ollie Watkins with the goal for Aston Villa. Earlier on today, Manchester United had a 2-0 win uh, over Leeds United in the uh, earlier kick off Adam Drury was watching this one two goals within five minutes has given Man United a 2-0 win away at Leeds the home side will be kicking themselves after creating and wasting an obscene number of chances but the Red Devils broke the deadlock with 10 minutes to go when Marcus Rashford headed in his 12th goal of the league season then on 85 Alejandro Garnacho jammed the ball in off the post to secure all three points and with it cut the gap between Man United and top to just five points full time at Ellen Road it finished Leeds nil, Man United 2 second time in just a few days obviously that they played each other in the Premier League United boss Eric Ten Hag was 
was happy with his team's performance today and says it's been two enjoyable games against Leeds this week. What two great games for the fans in particular in football I think is the big winner from those two games in, uh, and I think also all the everyone in North England will be proud. In the Scottish Cup today, Rangers have had a 3-2 win over Partick. This uh, well, Manchester United have returned to the top of the Women's Super League with a 2-1 win at Tottenham. In Gaelic games, as we were mentioning, Cork beating Galway today, 4-24 to 3-22 was how that finished at Pierce Stadium. Connerly Hand scored 2-3 from play and uh, Sean Toomey scored two goals as well. So a fantastic win for the Rebels. We are going to hear from boss Pat Ryan uh, very, very shortly indeed. And also Today, Tipperary beating Kilkenny 224 to 121. Wexford had a 223 to 115 win over um, Westmeath and Dublin, and Antrim also going head to head today. And that was a slightly later game, that one started at uh, half past three. And uh, the final score from there was Dublin 28 points, Antrim 219. That game being played at Parnell Park. Uh, Dublin are the Ashburn Cup champions they've beaten UCC with a last minute free 111 to 13 points is how it finished in the Electric Ireland Ashburn Cup final today uh, good win though for MTU in the personal cup today as they beat NUI Galway 28 to 11 points in Rugby England beating Italy today uh, 31 points to 14 in the uh, Six Nations at Twickenham first uh, win under new head coach Steve Borthwick there for England in basketball there was a big Cork derby in the Women's Super League today it was the address UCC Glanmire coming out on top against Singleton so right Brunel very close game this one Glanmire 75 Brunel 73 was how it finished there in golf and Tommy Kibben finished in a tie for 12th place the DP uh, World Tour Singapore Classic six shots behind the winner Aki Strideman as I mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles going head to head in the 57th Super Bowl in Arizona that's at 11.30 Irish time and it should be an absolute cracker we are going to hear more from the Super Bowl in a bit. We are going to hear from Alan Amasti of the Cork Admirals. First, though, going to get reaction from Cork's win over Galway today. Let's hear from Pat Ryan speaking to the Assembled Media. Probably a typical league game. I know, I'm with everything, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Last, last three or four minutes, I went, OK, we, yeah, we made one or two mistakes. Look, look, we had a lot of fellas playing uh, uh, Fitzgibbon as well, so the fellas yeah. are tiring as well. But look, we're still in pre-season, you know, but um, look, well, we're delighted with the attitude and the effort of the lads again. And that's what we're looking at, that's what we're asking for. Look, lots of mistakes, lots of things to build on. And look, um, look, in fairness to Galway, look, Galway, a good team, came back at it. You can see the look their phone got behind them. Yeah. Look, we hung on in the end, but look, I think it's um, super performance by Awful, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose that's it, like that. It's, it's a group of fellas who might not play together as a 15 before, like, you know, and it, it's guys who are, who are new to the team, but they're finding ways to win, kind of whatever the scenario. Yeah, but look, look, the fellas, we have a fantastic character. We had a lot of them in the 20s and the lads that were playing, you know, so sure, fantastic character. I think if you look at Connolly Hand, yeah, look, probably wasn't at his best last week against him, but tried, tried, his, uh, tried to get dog last week. Things didn't go right for him. I think he scored 2-2 today. Maybe. And then maybe left another three or four scores out there as well. So, look, we're we'll just delighted with the character and the attitude our fellas are giving us at the moment. But look, it's early days, early days. Strength and depth seems to be, you know, really coming into four, isn't it? Ah, look, 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 obviously, look, we've won a couple of under 21s in the last couple of years, so you have a lot of fellas coming through, so, um, look, they're, they're learning their trade, trying to be coming to county hurlers, learning how to be a professional off the field, and, look, I think that's the one difference that I see is, is that kind of 24-7, seven, seven days a week that you have to be to be an inter-county hurler, you know, and our lads are learning that, but, look, there's a lot of commitment in that for fellas to, you know, their diet, their training, their recovery, all that, so, our fellas are learning that well at the moment, and, uh, look, look, as I said, look, very early days. 
I suppose from your own point of view, you'd have been like heavily involved with those, obviously, those under 20, under 20 ones over here. So you're kind of uniquely positioned to bring fellas through, do you think? Ah, look, look, fantastic fellas with me. Look, we've all been together there. Look, look, a lot of lads have worked all the way up with development squads. You know, so, look, um, do we know the character that's in those lads? Whether they'll all be good enough for the inter-county holders when it comes to championship and stuff like that? That's, look, that's, they'll have to prove that to us. We'll have to see that when it happens. But, um, look, as regards character or the attitude of the type of fellas we have, is absolutely off the charts. I think nine changes from the starting lineup from last week. How many of those were enforced? Or um, well, I suppose, look, obviously, Robbie's out for kind of six, seven weeks. Sean's got kind of a, um, a dead leg that's, I don't know, two or three weeks. Um, Patrick has a problem with his, look, Patrick and Damien Callahan could have played today, like, you know, but there was no point starting them, you know. Uh, Patrick was a bang, but there was no point starting them in the league match. But, uh, look, uh, delighted with, his, delighted with um, his attitude last week, and uh, look, he'll be good to go for Westmead, I think. Actually, must be delighted with after the second half, the last day to build on that. It was probably a more complete performance today, more of a 70 minute performance. Yeah, look, look, we were, we were happy with the first half, the last day. Look, we were, what was it, 10 8 at one stage, and we gave away, we should have been 10 9 with 30, and 30 minutes, and then look, limit to a limit to and got five or six points, and we tuned out and didn't work hard enough. So that was a learning for us, you know, and uh, look, to be honest, we gave another last five or six minutes in the second half there again. Do you know what I mean? We tuned out, didn't get our shape right, and uh, left a very good team come at us. and. Uh, Look, in fairness, Patrick made a great save from the penalty that made look, give us a bit of a breathing space. Then, are you conscious of maybe teams have blown a bit hot and cold the last couple of years and staying hot for as long as possible? No, well, to be honest, look, look what we're looking for is attitude. To be honest, look, that fellas are going to come and, 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 and represent the jersey as best they can and see what that takes us going forward. And look, obviously, look, we four games in five weeks at the most championship, so look, you need a big squad for that. And look, that's what we're trying to develop and give us plenty of options. And look, we've got some fellas out there now that are coming back this week and next week. Look, they have to fight for places now, and that's what we're looking for. But I suppose it's early season, obviously, right? But that's the top two teams, I suppose, and according to the bookies that you've been able to see after the last couple of weeks. You've got to be happy with that. Yeah, look, look, obviously we are happy. Look, any time you win, it just builds confidence. And look, at, look in fairness, look, we're a new management team coming in, and you need the players to buy into what you're doing. And winning matches helps them, helps them buy into what you're doing, what you're asking them to do. And look, it gives them a bit of confidence going forward. And look, look we have a lot of time to know many fellas. We've made our debut in the last two weeks. Look, it's, it's, look, it's great. But we know they're good, they're good players. Look, so to know that we, we've no fear in them. Declan's also very impressive today, especially when you weren't going particularly well in the first quarter. Yeah, Declan, Declan fought fierce hard. Like, look, look, he's a very easy fierce threat. Like, he can score from anyway, he's a great strike with the ball. But I think look, the one thing that Declan's doing is he's working fierce hard for us, us at the moment. And he's brought that to his game. He's gotten fantastic super shape. Um, look, obviously, he was left off the panel last year. Um, and look, he's a point to prove as well. You know, he's got himself on, in good shape and, and ready to go. But look, he's just one of the other fellas that are battling to, to, to get a team for the championship, no? position for the championship. So. And someone like going down again, is he almost ahead of we brought on Donny in as a minor, it's a, he was only 17 when we were involved in the 20s and if he was eligible to play he would have started that, he would have started that championship. As a 17 year old he was good enough to play on the 20, you know, but look, he's learning his trade, look obviously you can see look, he's still a, kind of a slip of a thing, like, you know, yeah. he's trying to get a bit stronger and stuff like that, but he, look, he's, he's got great balls, <laughs> do you know what I mean, he wants yeah. to play, he wants to be involved. Do you know what I mean? If I told him he was going up centre forward, he'd be delighted as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, look, he's great attitude, you know, so we're delighted what he's been into it as well. And are you glad now to have a break, just a chance to kind of draw a breath? And Not really, we'd love another game, to be honest. We'd love to keep going. We've looked like a lot of lads are matches, and the more matches we get, the better. But look, obviously, we've UCC and a couple of lads with UL as well this week, so yeah. look, they'll, they'll be missing training over all this week with us, and hopefully, look, they get to a final, and that's great. That's great for all lads to get a bit of confidence out of that as well. Yes, Pat Ryan there speaking to the Assembly Media after uh, today's win over Galway, and certainly something I'm very happy with the, the level of performance he's getting out of his side although it is very very early days yet but promising signs to come from Cork let's hear briefly from Henry Shefflin yeah probably
Looked a better team in the first half, truthfully as well. I think we were probably uh, doing well to be so close to them at that stage. We, we, we didn't get any flow. We looked, we lacked energy. We looked leggy, um, and they were winning all the breaks and winning, winning the physical contact uh, contests. And at this level, if you're off it a little bit, you'll be exposed. So, uh, and that's that's what happened. And to be fair, they uh, took full uh, full initiative at that stage. And uh, to be fair, the lads fought back well at the end. But uh, up to that point, they were obviously by far and away the better team. That said, obviously you went, I think, five in front, stage one nine to one four. Yeah, the early stages of the game. Yeah, I think we started well. And, and I don't know what happened. Uh, we popped in, or we thought got a little bit complacent. But I, I don't. I didn't feel that. I, I thought we started well. It looked like it was going to be a good game of hurling. But uh, thereafter, they definitely bossed the middle third area. Uh, half back line midfield, half forward line weren't on top. We were we were look threatening inside. To be fair. Uh, but they were similar and they got a grasp in that middle third area and that's where they had more energy and they were on the breaks and they caused us bottles from there on. Henry Shelton there, the Galway boss. Right, we are going to look ahead to the start of Cork City season this coming Friday back in the Premier Division against Bohemians. Uh, for more on it, I spoke to uh, Cork City legend, uh, my co-commentator on LOI TV, the one and only Mr Philip Lang. All right, Cork City's new season is just five days away now at this point, taking on Bohemians at the cross this coming Friday night and what should be a sold-out turn cross as the Rebel Army return to the Premier Division. And it's going to be a fantastic occasion to look ahead to it. I'm joined by my good friend, Cork City legend, and my co-commentator on LOI TV, Mr. Philip Long. Phil, how are you, sir? Not too bad, Rory, and yourself? Good. I am immensely looking forward to Friday. I'm looking forward to getting back into the routine of going to the cross every second Friday night watching Cork City. And there's a buzz about the club um, being back in the Premier Division under new ownership. It's been an interesting off-season. It's been a long off-season, but we're almost there now, Phil, and you can almost feel the buzz heading into Friday night's game. Yeah, there is a great buzz in fairness now, and especially with with Dermot Usher after taking over. We met him the other night, Rory, and mm. to be honest with you, he seems a nice guy, and his, his heart is set in this. And, you know, he's he sounds very positive for the club. Um, he was at the game up in up in Mayfield then um, Friday night in the freezing cold, you know, so he's... Um, he's definitely up for it as well, but going back to what you said there earlier, it's... it's I'd say most of the supporters in Cork at the moment now just can't wait for Friday night. And we have it off ourselves Friday night, uh, Rory. I think RTE are covering it live. Yeah, we get a night off on Friday night so we get to ease our way into the new season um, and watch the game and kind of get a feel for the new players, the new squad. There's been some uh, interesting arrivals. There's been some interesting departures. What's your take, Phil, on, I suppose, the City squad heading into the, the season ahead? Um, it's like, to be honest with you, I haven't seen much of the new players because any time I went out to watch them, uh, they weren't playing. Um, there was one or two of them injured. Now, in um, the, the players that are left, well, there's three really that left, and that's Dylan McGlade, Kevin O'Connor, and Alec Burton. Um, I'm surprised that the three of them went, to be honest with you. But look, that's that's up to the boss. And Colin knows what he wants. Um, the, the couple of players that are after coming in, obviously the goal goalkeeper, Toby O one in Nelly, is it? Yeah. You you'll be very good at the <laughs> pronunciations now. Yeah, Rory. I'm going to copy all the RT yeah. pronunciations from Friday Night Field. <laughs> <laughs> he's um he's from uh, f- supposed to be very good from Celtic. 
uh, 19 years of age and there was high hopes for him to be honest with you so he looks good uh, he wasn't available the other night now above in, in um, Mayfield because he had a, a groin strain and playing on the AstroTurf now wouldn't have helped so I was impressed the other night with um, with Albin Winbo as one of the Swedish mm-hmm. lads he played in the, he came on in the middle of the park and he just seemed to have lots of space and lots of time on the ball and he looked he looked very good he looked very good for the time that he was there um then you had um who else is playing now there the night you had uh, Daniel uh, Kretzik, he wasn't there. I don't know why he wasn't there, to be honest with you. But there was another new player again, um, Swedish fella, Kevin Kostovic, right? But I think that he he played wide on the right. He's kind of a defensive wide on the right side of player. And he did very well. He gave he didn't give away the ball stupidly or anything like that. He just did a sensible thing. And he had one shot uh, at goal and he was unlucky not to score. Mm. So he looked good on the night. You know, so going back to what you said earlier, it it looks good at the moment, but you know yourself, the Premier Division is going to be tough, is what it is, and um, it's a big step up from the First Division. And Bose on Friday night will will show how how tough um, the division is. They certainly so we will. should have a good crack game. Yeah, it's it's almost uh, I suppose I don't like using the term, but it's almost a free shot. I mean, like City aren't expected, I suppose, to to beat Bowes in their first game back in the Premier Division this coming Friday night. Bowes with all that uh, vast experience at Premier Division level. But Phil, as you know, Turners Cross, a full Turners Cross, a loud Turners Cross can be a great leveller. Without a doubt, yeah, definitely, Rory. I mean, first night out, enthusiasm, the team. Uh, Bowes won't fancy coming to Turner's Cross because it's like a gauntlet down there. The crowd is so close to the game as well. And the players will hear the abuse that they'll be shouting at anyway, mm-hmm. you know, that the supporters will be shouting at them. So it's not a nice place for your first game in the Premier Division. But having said that, I think it will suit City. I fancy a draw on Friday night, to be honest with you. Um, but even at that a draw would be a great result on Friday night it would be a great baptism of fire uh, it certainly would be yeah I'm really looking forward to the game on Friday but just looking at even City's first five games Phil they're, they're, they're tough games but then I suppose there are no easy games in the Premier Division they have Bowes at home Derry away UCD at home then Shamrock Rovers away and Sligo Rovers away so that's an incredibly tough five fixtures to, to open your campaign with it is, it is really, it is tough, you know, but that's what they want. They want to, they want to be in the Premier Division. You're up against the big boys then in the, in the Premier Division and it's a battle of wits then as well. Um, it's a great challenge and the players are up for it as well, you know. So the, the good thing about it as well that, you know, these these clubs playing against Cork City, they won't know what our fellas are like, mm. you know. So our fellas will play with their hearts and... You know, who who knows? Anything could happen. Going back, we'll say the second match against Derry. The lads played Derry in the cup there last year and, you know, they knew what it was like up in the Brandywell. They have to go up there again um, a Friday week and that won't be too easy. That won't be too easy up there. No, it certainly won't, but no easy games in the Premier Division. And we touched on um, Jim Rusher's takeover of the club earlier, Phil. As you said, we had a, we'd chat with him on Thursday night at the season launch. Um, it's a big season for him, I suppose. It's going to be a massive learning curve for him as he gets to know the, the intricacies of the League of Ireland. Uh, but certainly, as you, you noted, Phil, plenty of enthusiasm, plenty of ideas, and hopefully he'll help to rejuvenate the club. 
Yeah, I hope he does anyway. You know, he, he really wanted to get, get around and spoke, speaking to everyone the other night. Uh, what I loved about it as well, he brought the girls in, involved on the night and he brought the amputee team um, ahead, which is something that, in all due respects, Rory, we didn't know nothing about in the last number of years. So it was great to see that those two teams on the night and getting involved with the with the with the men's uh, main team, so he's he has his work cut out. There's no doubt whatsoever. It's it's a new thing here in Cork City, and I think it's a positive thing. And I hope the spectators and supporters will get behind him and and you know show a Cork appreciation of him doing this. Yeah. So I think it'll be a great night on a Friday night, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And if we get the results, it'll, it'll, it will be fabulous. No, I'm I'm ex- I'm hoping for a draw. I I I'm asking too much for a win, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I'd be hoping for a draw. Yeah, um, it's going to be a great occasion. And, and, and as you just touched on there, Phil, just get down to Turner's Cross. If it's your first time getting to the cross to watch a game, just get down. You'll enjoy. You'll enjoy the atmosphere. Um, you'll enjoy the evening. You'll enjoy the, the night. And who knows, you could become a lifelong fan of the club. And that won't happen unless you come down to the cross for the first time. Oh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fabulous down there. And the amount of kids and everything down there with their parents. And it is a family occasion down there. And it's great atmosphere, Rory. It really is. And, um, and it should be a great, nice football. It's going to be an absolutely cracking night on Friday. Phil, as always, a pleasure um, talking to you today, buddy. I'll see you on Friday night, and fingers crossed we get off to a good start on Friday. Great stuff. Can't wait, Rory. See you then. Always a pleasure talking uh, to Philip Long, Cork uh, City legend, and uh, co-commentator with me on League of Ireland TV. Uh, we're not in action this coming Friday because RT are in town, so they'll be taking over uh, commentary duties, but it's going to be a solo turnus cross. I'm looking forward to kicking back and watching this game as a fan this coming Friday night. All right, Super Bowl tonight. Chiefs, Eagles. Uh, 11.30 kickoff Irish time. For more on it, I spoke to the head coach of the Cork Admirals, our good friend, Mr. Alan Namastny. All right, Super Bowl 57 taking place tonight 11.30 kick off the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles and to look ahead to it delighted to be joined by our good friend head coach of the Cork Admirals the one and only Mr Alan Lamastney Alan how are you sir? I'm good Rory how are you? Good I'm looking forward to this game just a bit of a mini rant just to, to, to kick things off it's an absolute shame a crying shame that the Bank Holiday Monday isn't tomorrow <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm watching Super Bowls now with a long, long time, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think there's ever been any day off for us over here the day after. Mm-hmm. It's always been up early, go to work, and you're half tired, and you know. But yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah. It would have been nice if there are any government representatives listening to us. Please consider moving it to the Monday <laughs> after the Super Bowl for next year. Yeah, please. Yeah, coordinate with the NFL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, it's the, the Chiefs against the Eagles tonight and what should be uh, a good game. Um, can you talk to us a bit, I suppose, Alan, first off about their respective seasons and, and how they've gotten to this stage? Yeah, they, they've, both, um, they've both had very good seasons, two 14-win teams. Um, the Chiefs have the highest-scoring offence in the league. The Eagles have the third-highest-scoring offence, so you're, you're talking about two teams that are well able to score. Um, the, the Chiefs, in the playoffs, had two close games. They beat the Jaguars by seven, beat the Bengals by three in what was, you know, I think the Bengals were going in there as the team that had been to the Super Bowl last year with the, the thought of upsetting the Chiefs in their home ground. And, you know, it didn't happen. So they're back in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are back for uh, the third time in four years. Mm. Eagles um, had a different path through the playoffs. They they hammered the, the New York Giants 38-7, 
and then they beat the 49ers 31-7. So they haven't had any close game in the playoffs. Um, so they've, you know, they've bought, it's the first time, or sorry, it's the sixth time since 2000 that the two top seeds have faced each other. So, you know, it's something that doesn't happen too often. But to have the two top seeds in each in each conference facing each other in the summer mm. when the Super Bowl is um, is is an interesting matchup. Um, the Eagles were in disarray just a couple of years ago. Um, how have they turned things around in the short space of what two years? I think um, when they went to the Super Bowl the last time, um, you know, it was a good team. Then they, they, I don't think they really built on that as such. Um, uh, they let the coach go. They brought in Nick Sirianni. He has really kind of, I think, went with the the, the team of Philadelphia, which is a blue-collar city, smash mode football, you know, run the ball. Uh, I think they've embraced that approach with him. Um, the owner has, you know, always said that, you know, he wants championships. He wants to get back to championships. And that's a huge thing in the NFL because not every team, you know, ownership-wise, is hungry for championships. They are, you know, there are certain clubs in, in the NFL that you can see they're more driven towards winning championships than others. Mm. And, you know, the Eagles owner, um, Mr. Laurie, he wants championships. So I think, you know, he went out, he got a coach. The coach then surrounded himself with the guys that best suited his philosophy and how he wanted to do things. And um, they're... they're They've turned into a fantastic team. If you look at that team on paper, they're they're amazing. Mm. You know, they're so really, really st- strong in all areas of the squad. And um, you know, I think it's uh, it's going to make it's going to make the Chiefs' life very difficult this evening. I think. Uh, it certainly will. Um, an interesting, I suppose, subplot to the game is uh, Andy Reid, the head coach of uh, Kansas City, being a former uh, head coach of the Eagles, was with them for thirteen years, uh, and now. He's tweeted today saying he's looking for another Super Bowl ring, but he's got a soft spot for the Eagles. Um, uh, an incredible head coach, and just has, he's had such longevity in this sport. He has. I mean, he he's an innovative coach. He's come up with so many different things everywhere he's went that helps his teams win. When he was coach of the Eagles, he's never lost to the Chiefs. When he was coach of the Chiefs, he's never lost to the Eagles. So he's undefeated against either team as their head coach at the time. Um, he's a guy that you know they all the players love playing for him and that's a huge thing you know if you've got if you've got a team that want to play for you as a coach it's it's a huge advantage when you go out there that you know they'll run through a wall for him mm-hmm. they'll love Andy Reid he's 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 a good guy you know he's a he's not you know you look at the likes of Bill Belichick who's who's all business whereas Andy Reid you know He's he's a bit more relaxed, I think, in the, in the way he goes about his his uh, his coaching work, and um, they, he really is a phenomenal coach. Yeah. I, you know, I think you know nobody would uh, nobody would not want to see him in it. Do you know what I mean? He's he's that type of guy. Um, talk to me, Alan. I suppose about the the strengths of both these teams, and uh, where can we, I suppose, expect to see fireworks tonight? I think one of the big matchups will be the um, whether or not the Chiefs' offensive line can deal with the Eagles' pass rush. The Eagles have 70 sacks this year, which is the third highest figure ever in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have um, four guys uh, that have 11 sacks and over. And even their backups 
have have high sack totals for backups. So if they can create pressure on the Chiefs' offensive line, uh, Pat Mahomes had the high ankle sprain a few weeks ago. If he's not as mobile as he he, he needs to be, that could be that could be a big matchup. Um, on the other side, I think um, whether or not the, the Eagles can deal with the Mahomes Kelsey uh, connection. Mm. That's a big thing. Like Travis Kelsey has another, you know, pro season. His 12 touchdowns, his 1,300 receiving yards. Uh, and then when you mix in Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson, and MVS, there are other receivers. Um, you know, if, if Mahomes has time to throw the ball and he has the guys that can catch it, mm. the key, I think, will be can he, can, can he get the time <laughs> to throw it out. From the Chiefs' point of view, I think, um, you know, their defense, they're second in the NFL with 55 sacks. So, you know, they're not, they're not a slouch themselves. The, the, what they have to deal with is the Eagles RPO game. So the Eagles run a very high percentage of RPO plays, which is run pass option, uh, which keeps the defense guessing and doesn't allow them to kind of see the play develop as, as quickly as they'd like. Um, you've got... Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, and Kenneth Gainwell is their three running backs. And then Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, also runs. So you're putting massive pressure on the Chiefs' defense to see, you know, first of all, who's getting the ball, and then where's he going. Um, I suppose if there's one one part of the of the Eagles' offensive line, I think that, that possibly is a weak link, it's their uh, left tackle. Um the rest of the line is very good. Overall, the line is very good, but their left tackle is probably the weakest link there. Um, if the Chiefs' defensive line uh, with Chris Jones and Frank Clark get going and they can get pressure around the edge there, Frank Clark usually comes around the outside. If he gets pressure on that tackle uh, and starts disrupting the RPO game, then that could slow the, Chief, the, the Eagles' offense down a bit. A bit of a talk as well, Alan, about uh, Mahomes having a pretty bad ankle injury heading into this game, and that's obviously going to be a huge cause of concern for the Chiefs, and I suppose everyone's going to see how he gets on in his opening drive and if that ankle is bothering him. Yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. It's a high ankle sprain. No, a high ankle sprain, you know, you, that's not something you kind of come back for it for a couple of weeks. I mean, he played against the, the Bengals with it, uh, and now he's playing this with it. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not a situation where he can't play. However, uh, Mahomes thrives on, you know, getting out of the pocket and turning, you know, plays that are, in most cases, wouldn't be doing anything into into gains, into touchdowns. So, you know, has he got that mobility to get out the boat? That that would be a big question, I think. Who do you fancy tonight, Alan? Um, on paper, you would suggest the Eagles. Uh, I think overall they're a stronger team um, but then you've got Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey on the other side um, you know I don't think it's it's a given either way um, but I think I, I, I think I see the Eagles sharing it and the Admirals having a big Super Bowl party tonight Alan as well it's a, a, fi- a permanent fixture I suppose the, the Cork Sporting Calendar the Admirals Super Bowl party yes, and so it was a, a good night yeah it is the, the annual Admirals Super Bowl party in the East Village tonight from uh, 8 o'clock on. Um, it's usually a great atmosphere. We get lots of people from, from all over Cork that like to watch football and they can all come to the, you know, the one place and, and get to watch the game and you know have a chat with the guys. And you know, you know, We'd like to try and we, we always try and mix up the, you know, the guys going around and mingling and having a chat about football. And, because again, you know, lots of people, they see football on the television, but they may not know that there is football in Cork. 
Um, and, you know, we're obviously, obviously looking for people that want to get involved with the club, whether it is playing or coaching or, you know, assistant volunteers or whatever like that. So it's always a great night to meet people and new meet new people and, and get to talk football and to get watch football together. Mm. And you guys are obviously preparing for the new season. Alan, how's everything going? Yeah, it's good. We have a new season now starting. We'll have a first game in Dublin on March 19th and then we're back for a first game in Cork in the sec- on the 2nd of April. Uh, it's looking good. I mean, look, we, we're, we've been we've been back now since the first week of January, and we're progressing. We're getting our, you know, all the plays installed and um, mm-hmm. all that fitness levels up and whatever. So, you know, it's good. We're looking forward to it. Um, we'll have um, eight regular season games again this year, and then onto the playoffs again, hopefully. But uh, you know, I suppose look, you know, if anyone wants to get involved in the club, you know, just give us a show. Contact us. We would love to see some linemen. Some some guys, some big defensive linemen, some offensive linemen, guys that want to get involved in football. Um, you know, anyone that that feels that you know maybe they that uh, some they have to do too much running in other sports. You know, come down, we'll sort you out. <laughs> Don't have to do too much running <laughs> for us if you're playing our offensive defensive line. You know, so uh, yeah, we would uh, looking forward to the season now and. Um, Hopefully we'll uh, we'll go to the playoffs again this year. Excellent, Alan. As always, a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Rory. Take care. Yeah, always a pleasure to have Alan Lamastney, head coach of the Cork Admirals, on our show. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have the second part of the fascinating conversation between Valerie McCarthy and Sneed Push Prey on Hear Me Roar. The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from six pm. Cork's Red FM. Snap, snap. Thinking about joining AIB. What if by changing your bank, you could also change the way you bank? Just watch. At AIB, we don't make technology for you to bank. We make it for you to live with all your everyday banking needs at your fingertips. Joining AIB takes just a few simple steps. Discover how to become a customer by visiting AIB.ie. AIB, we back doing. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Just like that. At K.O. Connells, we are passionate about fish. Local, sustainable, healthy, nutritious, so quick and easy to cook and fantastic value. And with 60 years' experience in sourcing our fish from the pristine waters of West Cork, you could say we know a bit about fresh fish. K.O. Connells Fish Store, English Market and Dunstores, Bishopstown Court. Looking for the best place to dine in Cork? Treat your loved one this Valentine's to the romantic setting of Oriel House Hotel. Enjoy our delicious five-course Valentine's dinner menu in our stunning restaurant for just €45 per person. For bookings and great deals on Valentine's stays, visit orielhousehotel.ie. You can really share the love with great savings this Valentine's at Dunn Stores with 20% off wine and champagne for a romantic toast and half price on selected boxes of chocolates like Cadbury Milk Tray and Nestle Black Magic. The perfect gift for that special someone. Then save at the till with our 5 of 25 grocery vouchers. Dunn Stores. Always better value. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next in-store grocery shop of €25 Euro or more. Voucher excludes alcohol. Please drink sensibly. With the ongoing war in Ukraine affecting the cost of energy, many of us are facing a challenging winter. Through Budget 23, Government is introducing a range of supports to lessen the financial impact on families, households and businesses. And will continue to monitor the situation in the coming months to protect those in difficulty. It's important that everyone stays warm and well. 
but where safe and possible to do so, reducing energy use can also reduce bills. Changes like turning your thermostat down by one degree and considering how often you use energy-intensive appliances like tumble dryers can make a big difference. For information on available supports and energy-saving advice, visit gov.ie forward slash reduce your use. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. Want to be part of Irish Music Month on Cork's Red FM? We're looking for four Cork acts to battle it out to be the Red FM representative in a national radio competition that could see you win over €10,000 in prize money and equipment, plus guaranteed radio play across 25 different Irish radio stations. For more details on what you need to know, go to redfm.ie. Listen to Green on Red Sundays from 7 or just email green at redfm.ie today. Irish Music Music Month is proudly supported by IBI, Hot Press and the BAI Sound and Vision Fund. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. All right, let's go to the Etihad where it's all over between Manchester City and Aston Villa. Peter Smith. City 3, Aston Villa 1. City were creative with their corners. Illustrated when Rodri headed in a Morris delivery early on. Gundogan doubled the lead from a Haaland assist after defender Chambers and keeper Martinez had got in a tangle. Morris killed the contest before the break from the penalty spot after Ramsey impeded Grealish in the box. Watkins reduced the arrears of the second half of his sixth Premier League goal of the season, but it failed to ignite a comeback. It ended Manchester City 3, Aston Villa 1. All right, time for the second part of the uh, really, really interesting conversation between Valerie Mulcahy, the 10-time All-Ireland winner with Cork, and Sneeda Push Parade, the, uh, uh, the Irish roar, the Cork woman, and uh, just an incredible inspiration basically an incredible person incredible conversation between the two of them this is the second part of Valerie's chat with Sunita on Hear Me Roar What makes sports women tick? What motivates us? What inspires us? Who is the person behind the athlete? My name is Valerie Mulcahy I'm a 10 time All-Ireland winner with Cork and a 6 time All-Star Now I'm turning host and talking to some of Cork's greatest sports stars or those who have a strong connection with Cork in this series, I'm speaking to six inspiring athletes to find out their answers to these questions. This is Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mulcahy. I got the eye of the tiger of fire Dancing through the fire Cause I am a champion You're gonna hear me roar Louder, louder than a lion Cause I am a champion Welcome back to Hear Me Roar and the second part of our conversation with Sunita Puspore. This week, we speak about the Olympics, the disappointment that ensued in Japan, bouncing back and plans for 2023. What happened in the Tokyo? Yeah, in the <laughs> race. You just said you had a bad start, is it? Oh, it wasn't the race. It was the whole year before. I, uh, like, then after, like, let's just go back to 2019. Yeah, so 2019. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like it all kind of links into everything of what course. happened later. So I found all that emotional trauma and training really hard. So I didn't sleep for, like, for, for months. 
like mm. uh, I didn't have a good sleep, you yeah. know, with uh, with my sister and then going back on a camp and just lock, trying to lock all that pain away and just still trying to push myself in the boat to, yeah. so I can be better. But I promised David once I'm back, my coach, once I'm back, I'm all in. Like I'll do whatever it takes to get back some speed and stuff. And it was fine. I did it. Um, it was only three weeks and my family came to visit to the camp as well. Um, so we had like quite a nice time over there. My nephew came, so my sister's in the middle. Uh, usually in Italy, Varese. Yeah, so that's where where our last prep camps go. Um, so we spent three weeks there and then we went to the Worlds and then I decided, OK, I'm going to park all the emotional pain away and just focus on this and see how it goes the first race didn't go too well well I still won my heat but I wasn't fast on time and then the second race I was like okay let's just put all this work to all this hard work to test and see and then the quarterfinal I smashed it like I I did really well and then I was like okay I've got the speed so I just need to focus on the race plan so and then the semi-final I was against my main competitor which was Emma Twig my friend as well um, and I did beat her in the semi-final that gave me a confidence again for the final in the final she chose to use different tactics so she led me to the last last 500 meter mark because uh, she, she went out harder than usually yeah. to try to beat me but then I was kind of like put the foot down and it was it was really nice to know that I have that speed and I like even after missing a lot of training during the summer yeah. I still could when so that was kind of ni- nice confirmation that yeah. I knew once I get back to really good training before Tokyo I'll be fine yeah so and then we went back and trained away and all good and I think I needed some time to process what happened during the summer and kind of uh, deal with this <laughs> deal with it yeah but but what I did find if you don't deal with it immediately it's kind of hard to dig it back up right. and deal with it later because it doesn't really work that way I feel so I think I was dealing with all the things as I was going, but in a very different way. So by packing it away and trying to lock it yeah. all and not to think about it. Um, so, and then 2020, I started feeling quite fatigued already and I started having some vertigo problems. And uh, at the point when, when they actually postponed Olympics, I was actually relieved because I thought, okay. okay, this gives me time to sort my health out and... Yeah. Uh, figure out what happened and uh, yeah it was very sudden because we came back from the camp in February and I was suddenly like I couldn't do the sessions anymore I was like oh something's wrong I haven't felt like this for you didn't I, have Covid no I didn't have Covid and it was just I think I was just burnt out did, yeah. yeah starting to burn out already and I, I had some virus maybe and that's where the vertigo started so I was kind of basically rowing on the water I couldn't row I was getting sick because yeah. from the, all the movement I could yeah. see the water moving the or the boat moving yeah. so I I had to go inside and spend a lot of time on a bike um, there were times when I was looking on the ground and I see the ground is moving like like yeah, lines, off, like, like it's crazy and you don't think like that's serious but it made me so tired Um so I was kind of happy the Olympics got postponed and I was kind of positive I'll get myself back together for for the next season. And boy, I was wrong. Because <laughs> uh, we did carry on with training in isolation, which I think I shouldn't have done. I should have just taken time off. But at that well, point... Well, we didn't you, know how long it was going to Yeah, we didn't know how long it's going to be. And uh, we... Yeah, just a lot of unknowns. So yeah. you're just trying to kind of carry on as normal but it was so much harder to be doing it all on your own. Yeah. And I was still dealing with the vertigo, doing all the all the rehab with my 
uh, vertigo physio over the phone and like thank god I had all the support that I actually needed because otherwise yeah. I'd be in a dumps um, then I suppose the next season still managed to win European somehow but I don't know how that happened because I wasn't feeling good uh, it was just I could feel I'm so fatigued and not yeah. recovering properly and um, and then I remember I told my so my coach had actually resigned at that point because he had some health issues as well and then I was flagging up that I'm not feeling good and something's off and it was all kind of brushed under the ca- not brushed under the cover but it was kind of like oh not you're just fatigued with, like yeah really? it wasn't okay. dealt with for a long time and then I feel like it was too far gone and I was scraping the barrel for the whole winter and um, try to kind of do my best and even in the interviews like you know before Olympics I was the medal favourite and stuff and it was so hard to pack it all away and not to tell them no I'm not anymore I'm fighting here to actually try to keep my performance yeah. in a decent level like I'm I was so bad like all the other girls were their performance were escalating mine was going yeah. right down why would you not say that publicly to, to relieve some pressure because I didn't want to I was still hoping that I'm going to recover somehow yeah. and I'm going to be fine but d- deep down I knew like I'm in trouble Okay. Um, but you know you're an athlete you're just like oh yeah it's stubborn you're, you're just dealing with things on a daily basis you're like oh you're trying to find those little straws to hang on to like oh yeah today I did actually the full session I did the full session but then I needed a two hour nap to recover from yeah. it you know it's those things and um, yeah my numbers on the 2k were bad like I did one and it was like it was really bad <laughs> like okay. for my standard and uh, I knew that all the sessions and the work that, on the board that I was doing I knew the effort was much higher than it required Yeah. Um, but you're just kind of like you're trying to almost talk yourself out of it Yeah. but it doesn't work that way no. <laughs> so I th- I feel like all I needed was like a good I don't know, rest and then building myself back slowly. Yeah. But I didn't quite get a chance because like everyone was like, you're going to Olympics, you have to do this and this and this. And Did because you ever fight against that? Did you ever I, just go, I need to listen to my I interview? asked a lot of questions and right. I, I asked a lot of support. Some of it I did get, some of it I didn't. Um, I still have a lot of questions that I want to ask, but I don't know who to ask. <laughs> so it's a bit, it's still a bit raw because I think... What happened to me in 2021 should have should have been dealt differently. But yeah. that's learning curve for everyone. And unfortunately, I was the one paying the price for yeah. it. So you got yeah. to the Olympics. Yeah, I got to the Olympics. I was like... How did you manage that within with the issues you were having? I did get a little bit better towards... Like, I started, like, in May, I was like, oh, okay, this, fesh- this one session felt actually good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's still a chance. And uh, I went on a camp, obviously, then and did all I could. I did my absolute best and my times were still not great. And the effort still was very high for the sessions that I was doing. But I was trying really, really hard. And maybe I tried too hard again. And then it went all downhill again. Because once we got to Tokyo, I raced my first race and I felt this is not how peaking feels. I don't feel good. Yeah. And then the next race, I was like, "No, I should feel much better for the for the training we've done yeah. and the the taper we did. I should have felt like I was flying because I did that two years ago. Yeah, like two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I knew what it feels like, yeah. and it wasn't it. And and the semi final, I went out and I was absolutely flat. Even 
we had they postponed race by one day as well. So I had like three days off and I was like one of the days I went out and I was doing the burst to keep myself a little bit sharp. And I was like almost fainting after the burst. Mm -hmm. I felt so bad. Uh, I couldn't like I was panting after 20 strokes. I even steady stage, steady state paddle was really, really hard. And then I knew, oh, my God, something's wrong. Um so I told the doctor, but like, sure, you can't. Those signs are like burnout. You can't actually measure it. Like there is no physical kind of parameter. Know, yeah. You don't have a fever. You don't have this and that. Like it's it's hard to measure it and say, oh, yeah, you have it. Yeah. Do you know, but I knew it. <laughs> um, so I went into the doctor and obviously like I thought, oh, maybe I'm dehydrated. You know, <laughs> stupidly just yeah. finding out things that you can it's fix quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's hanging on the last straws there and. I was like, I was on Dior, I don't know how many of those I had that day. And I was just like trying to pump myself up and like, oh, I'm dehydrated now, but now I'm fine. Yeah. So you're going to the race like, and, uh, but sure, I was, I was gone already. Like, and yeah, uh, yeah it was really hard. Um, uh, it was devastated. So I just kind of asked them to get me on the flight as soon as I can and send me home. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was, yeah. And how did you manage to go again? How are you still? <laughs> like, good question. You know, um, are you ever going to be satisfied? Uh, I don't think it was. I just didn't know what to do with myself. So I came back and it was such a weird time because I was like, before the years before, I was like, oh yeah. Tokyo is definitely my last ones and then I'm yeah. retiring and living a normal people life like I'm I don't want to be putting myself through all these sessions ever again yeah. um, I was kind of counting down months until it's all done and then uh, I just I was heartbroken I didn't know what to do yeah. I needed exercise almost to kind of survive <laughs> yeah almost to get like doing tra- some sort of training felt like normal as not doing anything didn't so I needed to go back to that environment for a little bit just to help give myself more time to figure it out yeah um so I wasn't like our HPD was quite supportive and he knew that I was so devastated out of Tokyo so he kind of gave me time okay take as much as you need that's the high performance director yes yeah so he gave me as much time as I need and there was no pressure to do any tests I'd still did a trial in November in a pair with Tara I'm not a sweeper so it was just kind of for fun so the sweeper is in the back uh, sweeper is like one word oh. I'm a scholar so I'm yes. with two words so I just jumped in a pair and did some training there it was different That's I think that's just yeah. what I needed like yeah. not to be I I couldn't even look at the single yeah like it was sitting there and I actually sold my single then um, we bought a house so we needed the house and that <laughs> money for renovations I hope so. you signed it and got a good few bob for it uh, I didn't sign it but I, I got a fair price for it alright um, yeah so just kept training to figure it out and and how much competitions have you done since then I only did two because yeah. I got illness at the Europeans so that was unfortunate but yeah um, so I kept training then I got injured yeah I managed oh yeah I went to play basketball a little bit as well so yeah. I enjoyed it really much I met some really nice people you're a post player I'd say by the, the but <laughs> I was everywhere I was I'd was say you're under the basket look just they were laughing I could I was fit I could run yeah. for a while I could run 
I was everywhere at the same time. I was confusing <laughs> myself. I was confusing the other team and I was confusing my own team too because I didn't know what I was Who else did you played with? Balangali. Oh, oh, a nice bunch of girls. I really enjoyed that time and there were the sessions I was always looking forward to. And um, yeah, so and then I played one match. Yeah. We won. And then it ended because I injured my knees. Ooh. Well, that was coming for Both a long time. Both of them. So, like the one went first and then the other one joined in soon after. So I got double quad tendinopathies for both of them. Oh uh, yeah, it was bad. I couldn't sit down. I couldn't get up. Uh, so that's where the rehab started. So I just went to my local gym in Oriel. Thank, thanks yeah. to Janice for letting me using it. So I was on cross training there yeah. every day. And then I started training a little bit more on the cross trainer and I was kind of getting fitter. So yeah. I was like, all right. And then I told uh, our director as well that, yeah, I'll I'll try to do next season, but I'm injured now. So which in hindsight gave me another few months to yeah. think about, which was yeah. kind of blessing in disguise, you know. And uh, so I was training on my own because I couldn't do rowing anymore because of my injury. So I was doing cross training, skier, like... Um, swimming and got into some sort of routine. I was starting yeah. feeling a bit fitter as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, so started back in a boat, I think. I got in a single for the first time after Tokyo in March. It was kind of emotional <laughs> reun- reunion yeah. with, with my boat. Um, and then I quite enjoyed it, actually, again. Uh, I enjoyed just being on the water, just trying to figure out how to row again and... Uh, slowly and steady kind of increased my load in the boat so I started rowing a little bit more and then I had to do like a test to be able to trial for the team as well and that was like in May I think it's back to the start like back to the start but I was like I don't know why but I felt mentally tougher then yeah. just because like I had to do a trial to be able to go to team so it felt like You've I get no excuse ex- like I get no excuses anymore like that's it if you want to be on team do this and yeah. I was like okay I'll do it and I did it and I was like I got the same 2K score that I did before the Olympics and I was wow. like, all right, <laughs> well, let's go. And um, yeah, and then I was kind of like training in single and I was again starting to get a little bit bored. Bored and like thinking, confused, not knowing what, why am I still here, what am I doing? Because yeah. uh, that first initial honeymoon period with the single kind of ended very soon. <laughs> so I had to do all the hard work in it now. <laughs> So and then obviously I was I picked up work as well with UCC back in end of November. Yeah, so that's great and that job. was keeping me busy as well. And I feel the work actually saved me from feeling depressed because yeah. I had some aim. I had to go somewhere. I had to do something. Purpose so yeah, purpose. Yeah. It actually is. I feel like yeah. if you have that purpose line up once you finish, it probably the transition would be much smoother. Yeah. But do when they you give you that help at all? Uh, like you see, when you go into Olympics, you don't want to think about what's going to happen yes. after because you don't want any distractions yeah. and like you don't want to be pre- doing your preppies and like oh when I retire, yes, it takes absolutely. away the focus. Like yeah, you just absolutely. want to be so focused on the thing you're doing, and then you end up with like, well, I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> now I'm here. So, yeah, now, <laughs> now that I'm here, yeah, help me. <laughs> so um, you got your job. So I got my job. Yeah, which is so, coaching ECC growing yeah. and. Um, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Obviously, that was the first one and I was kind of excited to do something and jumped right into it. Um, so I was kind of managing training and work, which was fine because I could train in the mornings and work. Like We were kind of mostly coaching on the weekends anyway because they were in college. Uh, 
Yeah, where I'm going with this, I don't know. <laughs> the work gave you a purpose and then that was November. So then, because your honeymoon period had finished. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, we went away on a camp with UCC in April yeah. and uh, it was a really good camp in Italy. And I trained with the girls in the boat and it was all fun. And then I came back and I was like, maybe I should just focus on coaching and stop all this right. pretending that I'm still an athlete, you know. <laughs> uh, and then I was still kind of on the fence about... I think I was about a week away from calling it yeah. and then coach put me in a double uh, for one session and then that's where it got exciting and suddenly I we did really well for the first time for yeah. getting in a boat we never rode together um, Zoe was there only f- since February as well she was quite new to the program so he threw us in a double we felt like oh we're just leftovers there that yeah. he doesn't know what to do I just <laughs> put them in a double <laughs> And we did really well from the session one yeah. and we did our next, we went out for a paddle and the next day we had to do the piece and we did good in the piece and I was like, oh, interesting. And then we did the piece another day. What's the piece now? It's like training piece, race pieces you do, like oh, not the full sections. 2K, but like yeah. sections of it. Yeah. yeah. And you do it against the, all the other teams, uh, all the other kind of teammates oh, yeah. in a different boat. So you can, it's measurable again on percentages. Yeah. And we, we were quite good. And next time we went out, I was like, well bit nervous like was that a fluke or is it actually happening yeah and we did it again and then it just started feeling like I was so excited to go training again I couldn't wait for Sunday to be over so I can go train on Monday wow it was like and that's excitement I hadn't felt for a really long time yeah so it was very new uh so yeah double saved me again (laughs) and uh yeah I was still dealing with injury at the same time as well because I wasn't ready to race like I was just like it all happened very quickly and then in June, we ended up racing in a World Cup and medaled, which was a surprise, but we'll take it. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. And then and training was easy, like easy as like it was, we had no expectations on yeah. our shoulders at all. So it was just like, we just go out and do our best. And uh, Europeans, I got ill, so we kind of had to miss out on that. And at Worlds, we medaled again. So that was cool. Class. <laughs> and what's next? What's next? Uh, taking one month at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. yeah, I feel like that approach worked for me last year, so I'm gonna do the same now. Just gonna see, giving myself uh, a way out anytime I want. Yeah, there's no pressure. But at the same time, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying training so far, so it's good. A massive thank you to Sunita for her time, and fingers crossed we see her representing Ireland and Cork in next year's Olympics in France. My guest next week is my friend, my Cork teammate my occasional opponent and holder of 18, yes, 18 All-Ireland titles. The one and only, the legend that is, Breach Corkery. We all know I wasn't the most skillful at football or camogie, so I kind of knew this was this was what I needed to do to to stay on the team or, yeah. do you know, things like that. Like, if I wasn't very fit, like, I wouldn't have probably made the team. You know, that kind of yeah. way, because... I suppose I was limited footballer, limited hurler, so that's what I needed to... That was my best asset, was my work yeah. rate. Hear Me Roar was presented by me, Valerie Mackay, and produced and edited by Rory O'Hagan for Cork's Red FM. Music was by the wonderful Jack O'Rourke. Thanks to my friends at mygames.ie, who created a beautiful memento for each of my special guests. Gorev Magot, as Clusa Hurt Domenov, agus beg mea kaint live galua. Slán. <laughs>